Well, how about it? Let's do another one of these podcast things. What do you say, Faden? Oh, yeah. This is a, another one of Onnet Radio with Dale Flashpoint and Faden Cross. Um, a monthly gaming podcast where we play random games that we always definitely love every single time it happens. True, true enough. Uh-huh. Every They're single great. game, complete banger this year. We have picked winners every single time. Yeah, like especially when we're going to do, I think, Bioshock at some point. Total winner. Are we going to really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we are. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately. Maybe. Or fortunately. I mean, we always pick winners. So, welcome to this, the month of August, where we played the game The Centennial Case. Yeah, but but first we do something else. Don't you remember, Dale? I do. What else did we play this month? Yeah, what else Besides did we play this month? Game. Besides, we're jumping the gun way too early. Well, you know, let the people know it's coming. Shooting our load, as they say. Oh, man. Full release. <laughs> What'd you play this month besides <laughs> a great detective novel game? I spent a lot of time in outer space this month playing both No Man's Sky and a cute little game called Astroneer. Double fisting space survival sims. You, you you could say that. I just had a fistful of space in each hand. Um, Astroneer, less survival, more exploration. No Man's Sky is No Man's Sky. They just updated the frigates and uh, capital ships in that game, and it's lovely. Oh, yeah? Uh, oh, yeah. It's totally overhauled the building and customizability that you can provide to your, uh, your capital ship. And I uh, think that they added some different ways to interact with the frigates uh that's just hypothesis though i haven't gotten far enough to confirm that i'm starting to build like a exo teleporter so i can like summon a submarine whenever wherever i want nice so that's exciting that is incredibly exciting i think it's making it more like star trek now right yeah yeah definitely where you've got your uh, your hub ship beam me down to the planet scotty <laughs> can you get beamed down um assuming there's a teleporter planet side <laughs> okay so not really so no not not really that'd be sick though don't even but, fly anymore just beam around yeah you can you can do that with enough teleporters who would you rather beam me down scotty or o'brien 
O'Brien for sure. Right? It's not even a competition. No, O'Brien's a friendly guy. O'Brien is the greatest of all of Starfleet's engineers ever. It's Oh, without a doubt. Hell, maybe the greatest of all Starfleet, uh, not just soldiers, period. just Starfleets. <laughs> all of Starfleet. <laughs> Alpha Chief Starfleet. O'Brien. Chief O'Brien. Fuck. What about you? What did you play? Oh. You played quite a few things, didn't you? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about one thing. And me and my partner have been playing It Takes Two. which is a co-op multiplayer game where you play as sentient dolls that are trying to repair their relationship. Basically, the parents are about to get a divorce and their daughter wishes upon a wish with a tear that, you know, she wants her parents to be happier and to get back together. Why can't they figure this out? And so the parents become the dolls. and In a twist. Yeah, it's a... you know, it's one of those morality stories, I think. Haven't beaten it yet, but me and my partner have gotten pretty far. We are Very trying nice. to assassinate an elephant queen. Oh. With the intention of making the daughter cry because uh, the husband believes that he can reverse the spell with tears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the parents decide to be monsters and to break their child's favorite toy. It's a very interesting story because the parents should not just be together. <laughs> they're just awful people, it seems. They're just bad together. And like when they work together, they're even worse people somehow. Wow. I. <laughs> it's pretty stunning. But I know the, the, the way the plot is going, it's going to a, uh, well, it takes two to do a relationship and you have to give and take. There's also this weird hispanic like lover caricature character that's trying to repair the relationship that's just like mildly racist and kind of annoying interesting that's a choice it's a lot of fun to play that's for sure i don't know if you'd want to give this to a divorcing couple and say play this (laughs) (laughs) that wouldn't be my go-to but i can i can guarantee you somebody did that to someone grim (laughs) and the best part is these mini games that are hidden throughout the levels that are just a competition. Oh, sucker for competitive mini games. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't the, love Mario Party? Oh, I mean, I love Mario Party. A lot of people don't too, for no reason. Because they're sore losers and can't just respect that games can be competitive and still fun. Yeah, games can be uh, all about luck and still fun. Yeah. Looking at you, Warhammer 40k. No, no fun allowed. Everyone has to be balanced and nobody can be special. That's right. Except, Roll the dice the best to the end. I have a question, Dale. Why haven't you told me that space marines operate on the tallest person hierarchy? Whoever is the tallest person <laughs> is the most powerful. 
<laughs> because I hate those fascists, but you're right. They definitely do. It's the taller you are, the higher you are in society. It is so silly. So there's the God Emperor of Humanity. They're probably like maybe 20 feet tall. Yeah. They made a bunch of Primarch sons. They're maybe 16 to 18 feet tall. They all created the Space Marines, which are like 8 to 12 feet tall. And then there's just regular ass human beings, which are like 5 to 6 feet tall. Yeah. Like what? A hierarchy of height. <laughs> yep. But it takes two. It's it's pretty charming. I love being small people and exploring through every household, everyday household stuff. It's you know it has that sort of charm. The aesthetic and art style is very cutesy, and like the dolls are clay and stuff. Oh, that's fun! It makes me yeah. want to play Superland slash uh, Grounded slash It Takes Two. Those are the only three games I can think of that have been released in the popular. If you love your partner, I recommend playing It Takes Two. It's a fun cooperative time. Okay. If you hate and your a, partner, and a fun time to laugh at. <laughs> yeah, not really. It's not that funny. It tries to be. It also feels a little um, like Marvel poisoned, mm, in a sense of just that quippiness. Yeah. Just. Yeah, they're it, right it, behind it, me, aren't they? It, <laughs> yes. Kevin Fahey personally has come by with a gun. <laughs> he's right behind me, isn't he? He's he's right like Slenderman. He's right behind you. Fuck, do you remember Slenderman? That's gonna leave a mark. <laughs> uh yes, I do remember Slenderman. But that wow, has nothing. I got so in- okay, diversions. <laughs> no, no, wait, you got so into Slenderman? Ah, I loved Slenderman. One of the greatest creepypastas of all time, in my opinion. It it really escaped the ether and oh surely went. did you ever see the marble hornets series based on slender man oh i was too much of a baby to watch marble hornets because it was close enough to real life that i'm like nope can't do it i it live by woods very good yeah it, it was i spent an entire afternoon watching all of marble hornets one day mm. that was a good like just unplug from reality and be scared for a day <laughs> and then look outside your window looking at the and go, woods ah! and being like fuck fuck ah! fuck <laughs> and then just suddenly <laughs> static everywhere i'm dead i'm dead so it takes two it's a fun time uh one great thing about it is only one person needs to buy the game and another person can download a free friend pass and just play that way. Whoa, that's cool. So, or you can just play couch co-op. Like DS Download Play. Remember that? Oh, man. That was some of Nintendo's greatest concept. Back back when Nintendo was like, hey, we love it when people play our games. <laughs> well, they're It's still really like, great. Hold on. Hold on. They are no, like now that they're now. they're like, we love it when people pay for our games. Okay, Nintendo has literally always been that. It is a corporation. It is a massive company that has okay, spent fine. billions right, upon right. billions onto advertising to make us think that they're these friendly little weirdos that just want no, us to no. play their fun Nintendo games. Nintendo was always our friend. Mm. It's like asking the fundamental question. Did Super Mario get popular... Because he was just inherently a more different game and design? Like, was Donkey Kong that different of an arcade game than what was out there? Not really. But did it help that they had, like, marketing and put Mario in Times Square and all that shit? So every fucking eye was watching it and going, Oh, hey, that's the Donkey Kong guy. It's Mario. It's Jumpman. Jumpman, there he is. (laughs) I used to play King Lear. 
<laughs> Poor guy. Cast in one of the worst video game adaptations <laughs> of all time. Video Movie video game adaptations. You know, you can make the argument that it's one of the most brilliant. I mean, you could make the argument of anything you wanted. I hear it out. <laughs> you know who, like, loves to make up arguments in their head? This is no segue to anything. You know what? Scratch that. Dale! That was a kind of a good segue. I won't lie. No, it was not. But we'll keep Fine. that in. What are you talking about, Faden? The game we played this month? Oh, we played the Centennial Case. The Centennial Case. case. A Shijima story. Very specific subtitle. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, like, wow, are there other Shijima stories I need to play before this one? Seems like Centennial's a big number. Okay. Turns out, no. Hold up. <laughs> that cannot be right. Because whenever you see a subtitle, you don't think, I wonder if there's more of these subtitle. You think, I wonder if there's more Centennial cases. <laughs> and this is the Shijima one. Wait, you've never... Okay... You've never read books then, because there's like, oh, freaking Flashpoint, a Jack Reacher story. Freaking The Edge of Death Escapes Us All, a Jack Reacher story. Are these just Jack Reacher books? Because uh, no, no, there's. Th that's I have a trope. not read those. That is a total trope in murder mysteries. I thought it'd be the other way around, almost always. Like no, no, the Jack Reacher is carried over in murder Flashpoint. Mystery. I've seen it several times, like, uh, uh, or remember the alphabet murder mysteries, like S is for strangulation, T is for tracheotomy. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> my, my grandmother was very into murder mysteries. What uh, was E for? Specifically novels. E for asphyxiation. <laughs> That's an A. <laughs> uh, 
E for esophageal cancer. I don't Jesus, know. Jesus, that is a way to murder someone. <laughs> no, here, I could look it up if you were. Uh, 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 I got to know what E is, so yeah, probably. Sue Grafton novels. Yeah, Sue Grafton did a whole alphabet series. E is for evidence. A Kinsey Minolle novel. You know, evidence makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Kinsey Milholm is this character that appears in these Sue Grafton novels. So mm. across the top of the book, it says Sue Grafton. And then it has the title of the book, which is like, A is for autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> <laughs> and then below there, it says the subtitle, A Kinsey Milholm novel. And Kinsey Milhone will appear in these books over and over. So when I read the Centennial Case of Shijima story, I was like, where are the rest of the Shijima stories? Well, But there aren't any. Maybe there will be. I mean, be. there are throughout the game, but you're right. There isn't any in the, uh, any more games. This is the first one developed by uh, Hond, or it's an H-A-N-D. acronym. H-A-N-D. It is an acronym. They are a Japanese group that uh, Square Enix likes to publish, apparently. Oh, they've got a great deal, apparently, based on the Wikipedia research I spent 30 seconds on. (laughs) Maybe. Well, we can talk about that. But this is a light. Oh, no, wait. Hold on. We forgot something very important. What's that? We forgot an elevator pitch. Our 30-second summary. Yeah, we got so lost in in Sue Grafton. (laughs) (laughs) We're, We're in a Sue Grafton hole, and we couldn't get out. Next week, we're just going to do book club podcast where we start reading Sue Grafton novels. Should we just read every Sue Grafton book in in publication order? Okay. <laughs> what is A? I got to know. It's for autoerotic asphyxiation. A is for alibi. That makes too much sense. <laughs> I believe it's my turn for the 30 second summary. I think so. You want me to get that timer out? I'm ready when you are. Well, I mean, you have to tell me... When to go? All right, your 30-second summary begins now. The Centennial Case Ishijima story is a live-action uh, mystery novel game where you play as a wonderful novelist. Hakura? Hakura? Oh, no. I can't remember her name right now. Anyways, she's great. You basically found a skeleton body. Not you, but someone found a skeleton body that's 100 years old, and you got to solve that mystery. On top of that, you got to read books. You got to solve those mystery too. Book mysteries. You got book mysteries. You got Time. skeleton mysteries. That's the books game. Books and skeletons. Those are the mysteries you got to solve. A Shijima story. Those are the 100 years. <laughs> those are the two main mystery food groups. Books and skeletons. <laughs> Speaking of mystery food groups, I thought it was interesting in some of the extra things you can read at the very beginning of the game. It tells you like murder novelists historically have used tricks. Yeah. Certain examples of these tricks. I just knew that was going to come up later in the game when I read about it. You know, your point about the game being titled like a mystery novel is so apt now that I think about it, because this game is an O2 mysteries and mystery novels. Well, yeah, it stars a mystery novelist. Yeah. And it's very constructed like a bizarro Sherlock Holmes story. I could see that. Yeah. But the live action, very striking. It's nice to see a game do live action. It was cool. A very interesting concept. Um, the the acting and, and uh, characteristics portrayed were, were the perfect amount of campiness, I thought. It was fun. Mm-hmm. It was just fun to watch what was happening on the screen. 
would it surprise you? I looked up a lot of the actors' uh, filmography, and oh. most of them seem to have gotten work doing soap operas. That surprises me none. <laughs> it's also really funny. Square Enix has a um, like get to know the actors page. Oh, on the on the website for this game. Yep, but That's pretty neat. You don't really get to know the actors. It seems like they held every single actor hostage and say said, name one thing you like about the game as a concept. That will oh be your god. bio. <laughs> oh my god. So it's like, my name is Nanami uh, Shakabura, and I play Haraka Kagami. Haraka. Huraka. The lead character. Haraka. Huraka. Her. God. Haruka. 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 That's it. I had it on the tip of my tongue, and I just couldn't say it right. Anyways, I play Haruka Kagami. The Centennial Case of Shijima Story is a game that takes the form of a live-action drama surrounding the murders within the Shijima family that have taken place over a century, which the player will help the character solve. Wow, I know so much about this actor now. The in-game videos have been filmed in live-action, so please keep an eye out for the subtle expressions, gestures, and movements that can't be captured in games that use CG graphics. Um... That is not meeting the actor. No. Square. What are you doing? <laughs> They're all like that, too. It oh, literally no. does not have their, like, filmography whatsoever, what I've done previously, what I'm bringing to the role. It's more like, wow, we're doing something different. Much like in the game, they probably presented these actors with a bunch of false choices. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They were just like, here, pick anything. You can do, you can do whatever you want. Uh, except there's only one thing, and, and it's actually this. <laughs> so what are your general impressions of the game? My general impressions of this game are that it is a wonderfully, uh, a wonderfully presented great idea that falls flat on its fucking face the minute you start to interact with it. It's like it's like stepping on a rake over and over again in beautiful 4K. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I was so excited for this game. I was so excited for a murder mystery uh, that was that was full motion video, uh, and the idea of like murders happening every decade over the span of a hundred years, figuring out the plot twists and the subterfuge within this family. I wanted to do that so much, but the gameplay in this game just drove me up the wall to the point where I got to chapter two and said, that's enough. I'm going to read about this game now. So to describe the gameplay, what you have is something called the path of logic. More like the path of confusion. <laughs> and the path of logic, what it means is you have to take clues that are given to you throughout all the scenes of a section. And there'll be central questions in the pathologic, like, why was the rope tied up? And you can pull clues. Well, you have to pull specific clues to uh, create hypothesis. But don't that worry. If you miss any of the clues during the videos, once you get to the path of logic, it just gives you all of the clues without any context. So you get to then go back and watch things that you missed because you didn't even know they were there. <laughs> See, I never, I never had that issue. I was just like watching the entire time, and I could see them, and I'd, I'd hit triangle because clues would pop up and be like, hit triangle, and be like, okay, gonna do that, save that for later, keep that in my back pocket. 
my logic of reasons. Here's the best part, though. You collect all of these clues, Mm -hmm. and you put together these clues in, you know, seemingly logical sense, and then you come up with hypotheses. And -hmm. in the very first moment of the game, during the prologue, during the tutorial, it goes, yes, you're going to put together these clues and come up with these hypotheses, most of which will be incorrect. Yep. You will form false hypotheses with the clues you are given, because like Sherlock Holmes, you have to think about every single possible permutation. And you have to eliminate those. The game throws over 400 red herrings at you. And there is only one correct answer. Which I find... (laughs) It's amazing. That reality makes it especially ironic when you look at the game on the Steam store page. And it is categorized as a choose-your-own-adventure. Yeah, it's definitely not Fucking kill me. Fucking kill me. Here's the thing about Steam tags. They're always wrong. Never look at them. They're True. put by people, and they don't know what choose-your-own-adventure means. It's definitely not a choose-your-own-adventure game. This is constructed very much like a Phoenix Wright game, where there is one answer, and your brain has to kind of morph around the logic of the game's like language. Because every game like this has its own sort of language and path of logic that you have to follow in order to start so, getting answers. And it can be hard so to Phoenix- switch your brain into that logic. If Phoenix Wright is Ace Attorney, this is definitely Amateur Attorney. Oh my god, I love that she is a just a mystery novelist, not even a detective. Not even a detective, yep. And at the beginning of the game, you're just asked by the wife of the head of the Shijima family, hey, how do you come up with like twists and turns and all that stuff? And Haruka is just like, oh, you just gotta fucking do this thing called the path of logic. You gotta create hypothesis. And leave open all the possibilities until you find the most logical one. And then have it line up. Mm-hmm. It's an introductory scene where the game is basically telling you, hey, this is how you have to think. You have to work through every permutation of every possibility and then eliminate them based on the uh, other clues that you have and the things that you know are for sure definitely real. Like, you cannot dispute this fact. This fact is non-negotiable. So this makes this hypothesis false. Ah, uh, yes. And so in this path of logic, you put together these hexagonal pieces in these little puzzle pieces where uh, question has clues, clues relate to question. You put all the clues to the question and boom, there's a hypothesis. And once you have enough of these hypotheses assembled, you get to the end of the path of logic. And before you do everything, you can reach a point where it's like, okay, this is enough. I don't have everything, but I think I have enough. And then you go to the most useless point in the game, the summary phase, where you can just fall flat on your face. The game asks you 100% subjectively, what do you think is the most important? Yep. And so you'll have a list of questions. Sometimes you'll say, I think these people alibis are the most important. And you click alibi, it'll go to another screen and be like, well, whose alibi is important? And then you'll pick someone like, I think the uncle's alibi is important. And then the game will pop up with like a screen saying, well, it is important to think about the alibi. And this could be very key to solving the case. It will say that for almost any option you choose. But if you kind of read them closely, they are weirdly telling you in a direction you should look at. And you can always redo the summaries. And the summaries don't necessarily matter they're just another the summaries you. don't matter the summaries do not at all 100 percent have no bearing on the next step of the game which Ex- was why i quit playing except for the fact that the summaries are there there for you to 
fully logic out your to own organize reasoning. your own reasoning and right. your own reasoning could be totally wrong right but sometimes it, it it helped me at least once figure out my line of questioning was wrong but for the most part i will agree it doesn't feel that useful it confused and frustrated me to the point of <laughs> wishing i had not played over the refund period <laughs> oh well <laughs> well you're supporting a good endeavor because honestly sure sure i hope their next game's better that's i can honestly say that I, I think this game's honestly great. I believe you. I believe the story of this game is honestly great. I love the red herrings, per- personally. I, I love don't. that you can create a false reality and be you, stuck to it. You know what game did red herrings well? Paradise Killer. Paradise did you play Killer that game did to completion? Very well. I played a good chunk of that game, but I never presented a case, no. <laughs> you didn't do the main thing? But that's the thing. You can do that at any time. And Mm -hmm. the game lets you put together any case and deal with the ending that you come up with. Whereas in Centennial case, where it presents you with all of these options, if you pick the wrong one, it's like, nah, fuck you. Nah. Nah, go back to the beginning of the path of logic. You fucked up. Okay, so I think that is a misrepresentation, personally. What happens when you fucked up is even better. You actually get a scene with the character making the assertion... And then being told why it's wrong by the other characters. So they've recorded and filmed an, uh, a scene for every single For all of these 400 options. <laughs> yes, it is personally ambitious. Great. Because I love failing in this game. Failing in this game is a lot of fun because sometimes you, uh, <laughs> sometimes you just get talked down in silly ways. I at one point made Josu cry. Oh. Absolutely. My my companion was devastated that I came to the assumption that I did. And the game's like, try again. And that was the most, <laughs> that was the hardest try again I ever had in the sense of, I felt so bad making Josu cry. <laughs> oh, jeez. I think failing is actually really good in this game because it does give you a new aspect of looking at it and it helps guide you to the logic. Definitely felt tedious, annoying, um, <laughs> uh, like uh, condescending even at times. I, I really hated failing. Um, well, but also you were concerned about your score at the end. I, I was, truth be told. Any game that throws a grade at the end of a sequence, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for that S rank. Now, I do have to ask, do you think maybe that did hamper, like made the failure hurt more? Yes. Yeah, if there was no grading system, I probably would have been better with the failure. Yeah, see, I, I think you just got to ignore the grading system. It's not important has no bearing. It doesn't give you anything. It's just for fun. It gives you an S rank. <laughs> if you can't be S rank cool, then why why even be? <laughs> because eventually it'll feel so earned when you get a high rank because you start understanding the logic after the failures. You keep pushing, keep trying. So I I think for anyone who is interested in this game, just even a little, want to want to dive into a fun mystery game, you, you you should stop listening around here-ish because, you know, push through the gameplay. You'll really enjoy it. Though, of course... It's definitely a first attempt at something like this. <laughs> I think true. it's clunky and not fun. Faden, on the other hand, had a wonderful time. I love the red herrings, too. I am seething in my boots <laughs> at the mention <laughs> of red herrings. I love... It's not even red herrings, too. It's just creating false hypothesis and throwing shit at the wall. What if the mummy is alive? (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like if Phoenix writes crazy hypotheses that were actually right, what if freaking the, the prosecutor attorney was actually the guy and has a bullet in his shoulder here 17 years later? Except that's wrong. Phoenix Wright got it wrong. No, you have to go all the way back to the beginning of the case. Fuck you, Phoenix Wright. You don't have to go back to the beginning of the case. No, you don't. I'm being a baby. But, <laughs> yeah. but be, going back to the beginning of the path of logic and then having to scroll all the way back to the top of the path of logic and then clicking confirm and then going, are you sure? And then having the game go, do you want to readdress your summary as if it even mattered? And you're like, you know, the game's asking me. Maybe it does matter. I will spend some time readdressing my summary. And then you get to the next part where it's like, oh, here are some things that are, uh, 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 you know, not even related to the summary you just came up with. So... Good luck. Good luck with that. I will admit that it, that part I don't think is good. They should have a button that just says retry choice. And that also, lets you re, just make a different choice in that moment. Because it's essentially doing the same good. thing. You just go to the pathologic, say, I'm done with this. Ask to redo the summary. No. Then you hit the like right trigger, skip all the way to the end. So you're making the choice. I'm like, why did I have to waste all these 10 seconds doing all good. this? That would be good. And also they need to eliminate... The situations where you have selections that are correct, you just have to select the most correct one. Specific example from chapter two, when you present evidence as to why it couldn't be the big dude, the the, the possible the possibilities were, A, there were no shoes for him by the back door, which is a true statement. Mm-hmm. B, there were no footprints to match him in, out back, which is a true statement. Both of those are correct and alibis, but if you pick the wrong one, fuck you okay so hold on i no i know that the that first one is not me. an alibi like that's not an alibi he could have just moved the shoes that is no bearing whatsoever it's the footprints that's the actual alibi no no <laughs> okay so I, i'm seeing uh maybe the pathologics just didn't line up for you uh i wonder why when there's <laughs> over 400 red herrings for you to fall over <laughs> It's the path so, of logic littered with dead fish. But that's what makes it so great. This is why I think... That's what makes it stanky. The, the greatness lies in the fact that you can come with something wrong. And you can lead that wrongness down a very logical path. In the sense of like, if I assume this wrong thing, then that makes this assumption correct. But there are specific key oddities that you have to look out for. Especially as I started playing the game, I started getting more adept at it. Like... Notice somebody lighting a match or notice like the just the tiniest details that feel oh, like yeah, they don't just matter. Like, just like the actor for Haruka said, you have to pay attention to the real human traits that are conveyed in real motion video and that she, can't be picked up in graphical. <laughs> we will get to it. She is actually very right in a weird way because you're able to. Oh, yeah, she is very right now. There is one thing I want to discuss before we go into a very spoiler summary. Yeah. It is something I have I have discovered on Square Enix's end. It is oh. it's so frustrating. It makes me want to scream. And this is probably part of the issue for you. And like you can't experience this story in a way that you wish. So the intro of the game has this weird message of, you know, don't spoil the game. Keep the secret bullshit. We're like Avengers. Yada yada. Yeah. And there is a um, FAQ on the Square Enix website about the game. Question. 
Is it okay to post my impressions of the game online? Example, on social media, in videos, or blogs. We kindly request that you do not post any spoilers. Spoiler-free impressions are very welcome. Next question. This is the only other question on the entire thing. Are there any guidelines for streaming gameplay? It is forbidden to stream or upload gameplay videos of any part of the game. We oh. ask for your kind cooperation with this so that as many people as possible may enjoy playing the game. So this podcast may be taken down. Oh, God, no, no, no. We're not on anyone's radar. Y'all oh, okay. listening can try to blow us up, but we trust me. Square Enix all, is never going to hear of us. All 10 of you, we thank you for your patronage. Yes. <laughs> no, I think the issue is you couldn't find any gameplay videos or like Let's Plays or Long Plays because I think they might take them down. Jeez, yeah. I found like the first few chapters basically where I got to and decided I don't like this game anymore. <laughs> Very, very hard on the, I don't like this game anymore, huh? Yeah. I, I, no rehabilitation yes, possible. None. Okay. Not even. That's fair. This, in, in my, uh, in my opinion, this would soar even, at, excel as uh, a Netflix style, choose your <laughs> own. Uh, oh God, um, no. No, 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 no. Remember the Bandersnatch Black Mirror? No. That was cool. Nope. I thought that was a really cool thing. Those are really route and bad. I don't know. They're not interesting. They have no interesting choices. This game does because they at least give me a game over screen. That's really fucking fun. But. Well, we definitely disagree. <laughs> we For sure we do. But another thing I think is important about this is specifically Han themselves are very undersupported by Square Enix. Their last game, Neo The World Ends With You, was barely marketed at all. And it lost money because nobody heard of it. Nobody knew it was coming out. People who even liked The World End With You didn't know it was coming out. Jeez. And I have a feeling, like, did you see any advertisement for this game besides me sending a trailer saying, hey, I want to play this? Maybe it showed up in a uh, Nintendo Direct, but that's probably it. That's where I saw the trailer. That's it. And it was one of those, like, in the indie game ones and just, like, shoved in, like, a random spot, not, like, a headline. Yeah, and it's a port from a PS4 game, right? Well... It all came out on the same time. Oh, multi-release. Okay. Yep. I have a sneaking suspicion, because Square Enix has been doing this, that they're trying to crater Hond into the ground and then sell him off. Because these are the people who made the Professor Layton games, too. Oh, no. Like, they have made... Beloved puzzle game, Professor Layton series. Yeah. Yeah. This is a good game company that makes solidly great games. And they even made the (laughs) fucking weird JoJo fighter game. That works, but doesn't actually because everyone's powers are so different. Really funny. Spoiler time? Yeah, this is spoiler time, I believe. I'm just mad because this is another case of Square Enix just destroying another company for, I don't know. By being so strict about the spoilers, people are basically (laughs) prevented from talking about the game. Yeah, people are really prevented from talking about the game, especially like, I don't know. They, They just are not supporting this company, it feels like. And that is just frustrating because we'll never know why, because game companies are so opaque. Yep. But you know what? We're going to break their rule. We're going to say to hell with spoilers. And to hell with spoilers. I, we're going to give, well, mostly me. I'm going to give a summary of this game. I can chime in on the first quarter. Yep. Well, yeah. <laughs> you can chime in for the first quarter. But I, I have some specific things, too, that I want to talk about in that first quarter. But we'll, we'll try to go this by this very, very, well, fairly quick. 
Yeah, broad strokes. The prologue. The cherry blossom ceremony. How are... Oh my god. How are we pronouncing your name? Haruka. Can I ask something before? Haruka. Uh, subs or dubs? Yep. Subs or dubs? Oh. Um, subs. Yeah, because we I did hear, subs too. I hear the dub is absolutely atrocious. I also Comically don't think, bad. <laughs> I also don't believe this game was localized properly. That's another well, issue of not enough resources in this game. Because I think that's where some of the fault of the not understanding what's going on and how to do it lies. Yeah, I, I probably got tied up in that. Because I noticed some translation was real interesting. Bad. <laughs> real bad. Well, anyway, yeah. If you do play this game, go for subs, for sure. Go for subs. Haruka is a novelist in 2022. A woman who loves her works asks her to sign a book. She also seems fixated on the editor, Akari, for a moment, but then leaves happily now that her favorite novelist signed her book. Ijima oh Shijima God. arrives and asks Haruka and Akari to help solve a mystery. A skeleton was found under the Shijima cherry blossom tree. The skeleton. Akari is the publisher. Yes, Akari is the editor. Editor, rather. Yes. Yes. Wait, I thought Eiji was the editor. Eiji is a scientist friend. Scientist friend that helps sometimes. Well, the issue is that, yeah, Eiji helps with uh, medical stuff for Haruka. Like, if she has a question about, you know, random medical thing needed for a novel. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Details. So, Yep. That yeah, you're getting bogged down in those details. You're just very confident about the bit you play. I get it. So a skeleton was found, and the press got a hold of this news, and it's all over. And E.G. wants Haruka to write a novel about the incident. So she meets the family. They meet the servant who uh, sees the two and says, "Oh, it's it's been a while, hasn't it?" And everyone's just like, "Ha, huh, weird old lady." And so, once she meets the family, you meet the father, who instantly seems suspicious, so you automatically know that he has nothing to do with this. He's just a very proud man who, you know, has some thoughts. Oh, yes. He doesn't like the whole uh, detective, or not the detective novelist thing. Doesn't like the whole uh, news getting a hold of everything. How dare they? Yeah. So, So invasive. Hundred-year-old skeleton's pretty interesting. Nah. <laughs> Bury it. But the family needs some private time, and so Haruka and Akari uh, just kind of sit around until Akari's like, Hey, I have a book for you. And this is a book set in the 1922s. It's about a Shijima, specifically. Also, this book totally happened and is real. She's very confident on that point. And... In a brilliant feat <laughs> of production cost saving, Akari tells Haruka to... Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> imagine the characters as the people you know. You know, <laughs> it's production cost saving. <laughs> <laughs> and so now we can have actors double up in roles that they can play past characters and whatnot. Amazing. And like Akari's like, you know, this detective character, Josui, Josu, 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 no, Josu, Josui, Josu. We're American. Sorry. Oh, God, we're so American. We're, we're real American. We're, we're American. Midwest. That's oh, yeah, American that's the worst part. We're, we're Midwest. So like, even if we did say it right, it would still sound wrong. Yep. So Josui. Oh, my God. Josu. It's not Josu. It is Josu. It's, it's one of those. It is they Josu. They both sound good. 
<laughs> I mean, good for bad. <laughs> I need to look it up real quick. I'm sorry. I, while you do that, I want to complain about one thing uh, that I forgot to complain about in the pre-spoilers. Yep. Uh, during these video um, segments, occasionally the game will pause and allow you to select a question that the main character will ask. Um, and it's like the game presents it as be careful, p- pick pick one thing. Uh, in the very first instance, it's something like uh, um, it has to do with how you deduced that this person or no, no, it's a question you want to ask to EG like EG, what why do you feel quiet? And the game gives you two options. And I picked mm-hmm. one of those options and Haruka said the first option and then immediately said the second option. And I was like, hmm, hmm, hmm. Choices matter. Hmm. I'm going with Josu. So. The, we we learn uh, <clears throat> at this cherry blossom fest. We forgot a very key thing that this family has: the tokujitsu fruit. Yes, I was going to bring that in. The tokujitsu kokokomari, which has a full name and again is an option when you're remembering. What's this fruit called? Is it this or is it this? Well, actually, it's both. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you're told by Akari to imagine the detective aloof man as Eiji. So throughout the entire time, Josie will um, appear and basically she gets a companion in the form of E.G. So you get the you get the handsome doctor man with you at all times. At all times. So the first story, chapter one, The Wandering Mummy, takes place in 1922. The main character, Yashino, is searching for the to- Tokijiku. A Tokijiku. Fruit, Tokijiku, a fruit that will grant everlasting life. Josui. I think it's Josui. Josui okay. is also searching for the fruit. And so the two Because it up. belongs to her family. Ooh. That's a key detail. Key detail. Uh, Yashino's? No. Isn't, isn't uh, Josui a Shijima? No. Yashino yes. is the Shijima. The main no? character. Wait. Yashino? The... Yashino? Uh, <laughs> She's the main girl in that, that... story. That Haruka embodies. I'm right. getting names confused, I think. Yes, you are. Haruka, yeah. the act, The issue is, the actor who plays Haruka plays Yashino in the past. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the actor who plays Eiji plays Josui in the past. They go to an auction that is basically everyone giving immortality objects. A wandering mummy, dragon's blood, a sword, and the... The Tokijiku. Uh, yep, the two. <laughs> yes. Tokijiku. Basically, a scuffle breaks out, and one woman is murdered as one man tries to steal the Tokijiku. He then gives it to his client, the Scarlet Camilla. We learn the identity killer, and he says, ah, I don't have it anymore. I gave it to the Scarlet Camilla. Then, I can't remember what exactly happened after this. Isn't Yashino chased by thugs? Um, if I, I don't remember <laughs> at the end of that, I got the grade and then it was flash forward. Well, Yashino and Josui separate, but Yashino has to hide from some thugs because they also want the Tokijiku and she passes out in a brush, but Josui rescues her. She's really good at passing out in the brush. Yeah, she has some sort of sickness that is literally never elaborated on. She just gets really tired after exertion. Yeah, sounds like mononucleosis. Yeah, she just has constant mono. Bummer. <laughs> Rip. 
So chapter two brings us back into the present, the elusive path of logic, where we learn the path of logic lines up is a famous quote from Haruka's novels. She finishes reading uh, Shijima, uh, the story, and the Shijima family comes by for tea. Now, a weirdo fucking detective comes by. Out of nowhere. He's Out of like, nowhere. yo, I really love the, <laughs> the books. Well, he doesn't say that. He says his name is the main character of the books. Of the books, right. And Haruka's like, what the fuck? What's going on here? And Rory, the father, informs everyone that he hired a detective to bring out all the Shijima secrets. He's... <laughs> This, okay, this actor, let me get his name. He's probably the most uh, seasoned actor. Yeah, they were very good. Yeah, uh, Yuki Kaji. He's mostly a Japanese voice actor. Oh my god. His, yeah, his thing goes on forever. Basically, you've heard his voice. You would know him as Aaron Yeager in the Japanese dub for Attack on Titan. Nice. I know I him as Koichi Hirose from JoJo. So, he's just in a lot. You'll know him from a thousand things if you look him up. But he does a great job as this weirdo detective dressed flamboyantly and acting all strange and fucking mysterious like a like a true pulpy detective person. And him and Hurika look through the tea glasses, check for poison and stuff. Head of the family, Roy, drinks, and he's poisoned. So that sets off a whole bunch of alarm bells. The detective says the poison was arsenic after tasting and smelling the tea. He then leaves to go call the hospital. He's gone for a bit, so Haruka, Akari, and Iji go to find him. What they find is the detective dead with a sword stab through him, attaching him to a tree. Also through the body and into a tree. Yeah, like brute force strength into that thing. Also, he clearly died from a head wound, it looks like. You solve the mystery... Learn that it's uh, Yayoi, the servant, the maid, said she killed him by hitting his head with a rock and then stabbed him with the sword after he died and used a water jug and pulley system to pound that sword in because she was not strong enough to stab through the tree. So she made like this like weight counterweights, not like this weight, like it's like a bell being hit almost, you know, how would you describe it? Her pendulum trick. Yeah, uh, convoluted, but also pretty ingenious to get the thing done. It it works. And it worked. Happened at the but end of the chapter. Fatal error. Yeah. Oh. Fatal error. It was too loud. Someone heard it. Too loud. Yep. Yoko, the second wife, heard it. Um, she also called the hospital and the police after the detective died, and there was a mudslide, and they wouldn't be able to get there until the next day. Does the doctor arrive after this point? I can't remember um, when the doctor arrives. The doctor. You I saw don't the, think doctor, the doctor. The right? doctor has arrived. No. Did the okay. doctor? Did the doctor go to help the old man right away? Yeah. So the doctor. Or no, the doctor couldn't arrive because of the landslide. I believe. Well, a so doctor we arrives. Well, a doctor arrives at the door saying she was just ahead of the accident and she's here to help. I can't remember where that goes. I mean, it might have happened after you finished chapter two. That's the part that I was unsure of. At some point between all of this, Doctor comes, goes to help Rory, the father poisoned. Haruka is given another book. This time we go into chapter three, the fateful elegy. Story takes place in 1972 at a nightclub called the Scarlet Camilla. It's 
um, centers around a hostess named Ayo. She watches an eternal diva, quote-unquote, named Saya sing. Her understudy, Kanako, wants to also sing badly, but she's second string right now. Saya has a harasser that's been messing with her and the club. Basically, uh, putting disinfectant in her coffee and burning her throat. You know, stuff like that. We also meet a young Rory. He is there drunk and being extremely loud and belligerent. Ayo, as part of her job, has to hang out with him to calm him down. At one point, he harasses a customer who doesn't have a candle on her table, asking her if she wants to live forever, and she's like, what are you talking about? No, no, I really don't. He then loudly tells Ayo that the entire Shinjima deal is to give someone everlasting life with the fruit. Dale, how would you guess they go through the selection process? Who would they select to be given everlasting life, hmm. if you had to guess? Uh, spin the bottle. They choose the most worthless person. Oh, most worthless. Okay, okay. Yep. And before we go on, there are actually a few questions I want to I wanna ask you. <clears throat> okay. Who do you think poisoned the father? Oh, yeah, because I don't know that. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Probably one of the sons would be my guess. Okay. Don't know which son, but one of them. Maybe the young guy who broke his leg skiing or whatever. Mm -hmm. Who do you think killed the detective? Oh, we know who killed the detective. Was the... the Yayoi, yep. House, Yayoi, yeah, the housekeeper. Yep. I just couldn't remember if you fully did that, and I did tell you. Any guesses on the corpse under the Sakura tree? Ooh, the corpse under the Sakura tree. Maybe a, a relative, a Shijima? Okay. Do you have any cold shots? Anything you think is odd that you think is something else? Um, 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 my partner and I, who tried to play this together, we were always highly suspicious that the editor knew so much. Um, mm -hmm. the, editor, the editor did know a startling amount of information about this family. That seemed pretty suspicious. Maybe she poisoned the father, actually. Maybe she okay. was somehow involved. That's another guess. Uh, uh, um, that, that, would fine. love to know more about the detective uh, that showed up, the, the fanboy yep. novel character. Um, I'm guessing, though, that that's never explained. Well, let's get through it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, back into the club. <laughs> After uh, Rory was loudly telling Io that Hey, my family, we choose the most worthless fucking person to experiment on after giving them life. The boss yeah. then orders Ayo to watch over Saya because the harassment is getting dangerous. A dress is all cut up and she cannot go on stage. Kanako goes on stage instead. And as soon as she touches the microphone, she dies. The manager of the club hired Josui to solve the mystery. And this is our first hint that Joyce, Josui is not aging properly, that they are an ageless agent. <laughs> the hostess manager said that Josui looked like a dancer. Just At this a, point, don't we know that Josui also has their own Tokijiku that is not related to the Shijimas? We don't know anything, really, about Josui. We saw that Josui has a Tokijiku, though. I do remember that part. That is true. We did see that, but we don't exactly no other details right right don't know why don't know what so i and Josie figure out that saya the singer put the needles on the microphone but not to kill kanako even though 
Kanako is the harasser. Saya was planning on killing herself with a final song because life has gotten so fucking tough for her. She is taken away by the police, and Ayo is left wondering at the end of the story is if it was the right thing for Saya to go on for one final song or not. Whoa. Yep. Heavy. And it's very much implied that she just wanted to sing a song for the dead. Like, that's it. She wasn't mm-hmm. planning on killing herself because we were, the needle's already done and stuff. She just wanted to sing. Back in the present, Haruka th- thinks that Yayoi is Ayo. The servant is the hostess. And she also hypothesized that the detective was Josui. Okay. And that okay. Yayoi wanted revenge for not uh, letting Sana speak because Josui eventually made the decision to call the police. Uh-huh. After Haruka confronts Yayoi with this, Yayoi is cryptic and gives Haruka two manuscripts that Yashino never published. Chapter 4, The River of Oblivion. This takes place after a few months after Chapter 1. Yashino gets a letter from her uncle that her father wants to see her. So her and Josui arrive at the inn, and the innkeeper is just like, hey, which one of you is Yashino Shinjima? After that, uh, she meets her father, who is having an argument with her uncle, Aizen. He is not happy, the father, that she is back. Yashino also meets Aizen's lover, Tawaka, and Aizen's kid, Sayata, and his wife, Aname. Ayame, sorry. Aizen leaves to go see a it's patient. Anime. <laughs> Aizen leaves to go see a patient while the rest takes part in a lantern ceremony. At one point, Tawaka feels ill and leaves the lantern ceremony. Sayate um, informs Yashino that every hundred years, someone in the family is given eternal life and the previous person who had it is killed. And the lantern ceremony is a lantern ceremony for the dead. The next morning, Genri, the father, is found dead with a brazier still lit. A scarlet Camilla was left outside the door as opposed to on the body, which has been directly um, opposite of what has happened in the previous cases. Even when the detective died, a scarlet Camilla was put on the body. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A fresh one. What we learn after a series of near Rube Goldbian events. Rube Goldberg-ian. Whoa. Yes. Uncle Aizen killed his brother the day before and then staged an elaborate way to, like, prove that he was not there. Basically, they opened up a door. There was a whole bunch of Tanuki statues. And they're like, hey, what's going on with your father? They moved the Tanuki statues, which let go of a rope. The rope then hit a vase and then, like, launched a teapot off the brazier into (laughs) the river. So it made it look like he escaped out of the river when in actuality he was never there in the first place this is some phoenix Wright bullshit (laughs) yes this is exactly it josui believes that uncle arizon is the scarlet camilla and they fight josui Uh also informs aizan that josui is the last of this um sakaki josui is the last of the sakaki family line the family that had the tokiju fruit like they would grow it and then they mm-hmm. would give it, give it to the to Shinjimas. The, to the yeah. But they were all massacred seemingly by, by Aizen. Yep. Joycey gets cut up and the uncle escapes and Josui tells Yashino not to follow and then leaves. Chapter Beaten 5. And bloodied. 
Yes. So something that is important in between these is we learn an interesting fact. When Haruka looks at the other manuscript, like hands the other manuscript to Akari, Akari like finds this thing that's like, hey, look at this. Joyce's been dead since 1972. And it's a newspaper article that Joyce, you know, committed suicide, yada, yada. Yeah. And so the detective actually wasn't Joyce. Okay. Very important detail. So now. Important detail. Yeah. Why did Yayoi kill the detective? Chapter five, the prison of devices. This is where the game completely departs from its usual uh, watch cutscenes and find clues into a first person escape room. This is where I would have definitely quit had I soldiered on through the next two chapters. This was the only part where I actually had struggle with, uh, had any issues with, but the hint was super specific, so it was easy to figure out. Yashino goes to the Shinjima estate after getting a letter from her uncle saying that he has Josui. Yashino comes back and gets captured by the uncle and put into a secret room. But the uh, cells are connected, so her and Josui are able to communicate. They are able to figure out a plan by finding this secret door and uh, putting the right numerical password in. Then Yashino also has to use a candle to create smoke and send it through a certain pipe that will... Yashino or Haruka? Yashino. Okay. Because this is in chapter five in the past still. Okay. But this this is still in the 1922s. Gotcha. Gotcha. Because remember, Joyce is not in the present. She's reading. No, Joyce is no. the detective. Joyce in the past, right. Yep, 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 yep. Haruka is reading. Haruka is reading. Yep, Haruka is reading these stories. And so Yashino is able to escape after putting the like smoke in the right room. And when she escapes, she finds Uncle Aizen dead outside the estate. And Uncle Aizen's son and his wife and also Aizen's lover, Tawaka, come out. And say, oh my god, Yoshino, what, what, what's happening? Why, why is he dead? Tawaka specifically is like, oh my god, you stabbed him. And Uncle Aizen's lying face down and whatnot. Just like dead pool of blood coming out from the back of his head. And a Scarlet Camilla next to his body. Uh-huh. No blood on it whatsoever. Yeah. So not his. In the present, Eiji found a secret room that had the Tokiju in it. And he suffers from a hypoxia, though, because the room has no oxygen. Oh, of course. Yeah, uh, it'll, it'll get you. That, that will get you. <laughs> the doctor assists because, you know, if she's already here, might as well help another might patient. Well. Yeah. <laughs> doctor takes care of EG and lets everyone know he'll be fine to continue his research. Good. Good to know. Good to know. You're back to work. So now, Chapter 6 starts, and Chapter 6 automatically goes into the biggest path of logic, where you have to manage multiple paths of logics to figure out who is the Scarlet Camilla in 1922, is the Scarlet Camilla the same person as they were back in the past, are they here with us now, who poisoned the father, whose body is it that's in the ground. So, you put together all this, and... Haruka gathers everyone in the room. So. And she's like, look, the mummy was alive the whole time. <laughs> the mummy was alive. <laughs> I'm asking you to check the mummy. <laughs> and. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I have to Sorry. gather my thoughts on this because this is a lot. I, I, it sounds like it. The culmination 
of so the culmination. So it is determined that the Scarlet Camilla could only be one person in the past. The Scarlet Camilla left a flower outside of uh, Genry's room in the 1922s. Yes. They couldn't enter the room for some reason. It was daytime and there was a bulb out, so it wasn't darkness. But there was one other thing in the room. There was a lit brazier just out in the open. And so the th uh, theory I came up with is, is oh, they don't like fire. <laughs> yeah, a vampire. <laughs> so the Scarlet Camilla doesn't like fire. Throughout the thing, we learned that Kazunaga, the older brother, he smokes. Yes. Mitsunori holds a candle at one point with a flame. Yoko lights incense. The wife lights incense for the dead wife. And Takehiko, the gardener, instantly puts out a fire without fear, without hesitation. And the other suspects would be Haruka, Iji, and Akari, but they all bend together, and so their alibis are solid. Yeah, yeah. Now, out of all the people in the house, there's one person I haven't mentioned. Who's the Scarlet Camilla? If you had to guess now. The father. The doctor. No fucking way. The doctor. So, the doctor, she let off some interesting clues. First of all, she mentioned E.G.'s research. Why, why did she know about his research? Good point, good point. She also says she was ahead of the accident. But she didn't know it was a mudslide. And the reason she learned this is, do you remember looking at the detective and hearing someone in the bushes? Yes. Well, that person running was the doctor. Was the doctor. Uh -huh. She also, during um, all this, Haruka does find a flower pot with blood on it. And so the detective wasn't killed with a rock. Yayoi lied. On top of that, there was a moment where she asked if E.G. went to the storehouse. But she was never to the back of the estate, so she shouldn't know what a storehouse is. Like, that, there was one on the estate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This doctor is Ayazan's lover, Tawaka, and she ate the fruit, and she was considered the worthless one. In fact, in the Scar she was in the Scarlet Camilla, and she was asked by Rory, would you want to live forever? She also had a candle out, so there was no fire. On top of that, she started killing again once she found out that she was chosen because she was considered worthless. She decided to become revenge against the Shinjima family for all the human sacrifice and torture they did. Because they oh. were torturing these people so hard that they wanted to die at the end of the 100 years always. Okay, okay. Grotesque experiments on human life. Yep. And it would be people in the family that they said, you are not worth life at all. Damn. On top of that, she... <laughs> well, we'll have to get to the next part. Okay, so... She admits to the epilogue. crime and stuff. Yep, there is an epilogue that's basically its whole chapter. Because there's still some important things we're missing. Right. Why did Yaoyoi confess to the crime? Who was the detective? Oh, we do learn that the detective, yes, was an actor. Paid by the doctor. Paid by the doctor. <laughs> he also poisoned Rory. Okay, okay. In a sleight of that hand while checking yeah. the teapot. Yep, yep. He wanted more money. And so, Talaka's like, no, fuck you, I'm going to kill you. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
we get to the epilogue. And Haruka, she um, knew some contacts in the publishing industry. And so she wanted to figure out who wrote the story about the nightclub. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And can I, can I talk to them? So she gets a call from a woman that we recognize. Very early in the story, an old lady asked for a book sighting. That was Io, the hostess of the Scarlet Camilla. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And she smiled and stuff and seemed to her because she's like, you know, there was a there was someone in my life long ago that just like they looked your editor looked exactly like Joe Sui. Huh. And so you piece things together that throughout the entire time, nobody once said that Joe Sui was a man. In all no. the stories, there is no reference to that. In fact, there are explicit references that Joe Sui isn't a man, like being called a dancer. Also, the innkeeper being confused on which one was Yashino. So, no kidding. Josui is Akari. The and editor. Akari, the editor. And Akari is like, okay, no I'm going to... wonder she knew so much. Mm-hmm. Which uh, also explains why she knows why the stories are true. It also explains why she instantly said, oh my god, look, Josui's he's dead. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, can't do anything about that. Dead. Palmer, look, look, there it is, proof. <laughs> <laughs> so, Atalka escapes her imprisonment into the main room, and she and Joyce have a conversation where it's like, I, you should also be mad at the Shinjimas like I am because of what they did to your family. Joyce is like, no, you're the Scarlet Camilla. You're the one that burned my family. And she's like, that's because... Uncle Aizen told her that the, like, village was empty and that they'd be setting fire to nothing. And it was after she set fire that she realized that there were people inside burning alive. And that's where she developed her fear of fire. And also, she leaves the Scarlet Camilla as a way to pay respects for the dead. She's, like, in some, like, serial killer mindfuck. I really want this to be a limited TV series. This sounds awesome. <laughs> it's sick as hell. So Joyce's like, all right, well, I'm here for my revenge killing. And before she can stab the doctor, Yayoi steps out of the room and says, wait, I, I have something to tell you. And Yayoi is holding this like dog Cerberus chain that Joyce's been holding the entire time. And she's like, this... This uh, pendant is from my mother. It controls the mummy. No, <laughs> not the mummy. <laughs> mother, not mummy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's revealed that Genry, the father of Yashino, yeah, his lover was Josui. Not and so Yashino Whoa. is the child of Josui, and so this has been kind of like a mother-daughter reunion. Throughout the entire game of Yashino finally meeting her mother and being able to live a life and like solve mysteries and stuff and and like get into it. Dang, that's layered. Mm -hmm. The doctor, Tawaka, informs that she has also poisoned Eiji, by the way. Fuck. (laughs) Back (laughs) to reality. And that she'll have her revenge. And... Josui put the knife down on the table for some reason, which the doctor then picks up and decides to try to kill Yashino. Naturally. Josui steps in front, takes the blade, and dies. 
The doctor also takes poisoning and kills herself. Well, and so the last scene is Yashino, who ate the fruit too. She ate the fruit that she found and got everlasting life in order to maybe one day meet her mother. Also, when she sees Akari for the first time, she does say, it's been a long time, hasn't it? Which makes that line make sense because she is seeing her mom. Yeah. Wow. But her mom now dies in her arms. Heavy stuff. Yeah, it's a very bummer ending. And then the camera zooms out. And then there's another epilogue of the epilogue where the game basically ends with um, an after credit scene where E.G. gets rid of the fruit. But he's also like, I'm still going to stop aging, though. I'm going to still be a mad scientist. And Haruka's like, okay. (laughs) And he's like, but don't worry. If I I die. I ate some and then destroyed it. (laughs) (laughs) No, he didn't eat any. He just destroyed it. But he's like, if I die, someone will continue on. I'm like, okay. Neat. Cool. You're still going to try to be aging for some reason. Did you learn nothing? <laughs> yeah. And that is the, uh, that's the story, basically. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I that See, that's what I was excited about. I just uh, couldn't it's, get past it. It's real good. And I, I'm leaving out a lot, too. I believe it. You know, subtle details and stuff. Yeah. Maybe, the, maybe one day I'll try and pound my head against the wall again. But. <laughs> the thing I like a lot about this game is um Eiji, the actor who plays Eiji, is doing a great job copying the mannerisms of the editor. Okay. If you okay. notice you will notice in the scenes that the characters, regardless of the actor playing them, have gestures and expressions that are very consistent throughout all of it. Uh Yayoi acts exactly like Yashino, and once you notice it, you're like, oh shit. Oh my god. You could just you can tell who people are based on the way they act. That's why the detective was never Josui because Josui wouldn't be that fucking weird. That's pretty cool. So so the description of pay attention to the mannerisms really is it is important. Intentional, yeah. Mhm. That's pretty cool. So yeah. That's That's the centennial case of Shinjima story, huh? They should call it the uh, the Catennial case. Over 400 red herrings. <laughs> How long have you been saving that one? <laughs> A while. <laughs> that's my last. That's my last zinger. <laughs> should we get into some questions? Let's do it. Let's do it. First set of questions is from Amundi. How much hand-holding is acceptable for a mystery game? 
Um, I think accessibility in games is a great thing, you know? If, if people need help, that's fine. Let them have it. I think this game uh, does the right amount of hand-holding, where you can just ask for hints if you, if you are doing a bad job. Exactly. Is it fair to leave players with red herrings? No! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> situationally, situationally. Because Phoenix Wright, Phoenix Wright did have red herrings-ish, but you always landed at the end. Well, I would argue this game does that too, but it has more red herrings than Phoenix Wright. Because Phoenix Wright oh, also, so many more. <laughs> 80% of the time, shows you who the killer is before the trial starts. Yes, yeah. So you're just like, well, how will I get to this person? Uh, or like, or like in um, um, uh, Paradise Killer, when love dies, only the path of logic remains. <laughs> when love dies, only the truth remains. <laughs> I can love that game. See, that's a better quote than the path of logic lines up. Oh no, because <laughs> when, case just no, no, to be no, no. Paradise when you Killer. get to the end, and the older brother looks at you. And it's like, I'm really depressed right now. This is, a lot is happening. And then she, this dead eye looks at him and is like, what if I told you though, the path of logic lines up. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and it nails so hard. It's like, fuck yeah, the path of logic lines up. <laughs> oh, action. Action. <laughs> I want it. I want to see it. What would your argument be to convince those that did not like mystery games to play the Centennial case? I don't have any persuasions. So here's the thing. Do you like feeling like a badass? You can do that in this game. Do you like feeling like the Watson to some mysterious Dr. Holmes that kind of solves the things for you? You can also do that in this game by failing. It's great. Yeah. Okay. Um, what do you think of the live action style? Love I it. I think we love it, yeah. What did it bring Very to the table cool. that a rendered game could not have? Um, I think the game's description itself, the mannerisms and caricatures of of human acting that you can really nail. You can really get that like human acting, like it feels like a theater play feel, and it feels the, like the, Scooby Doo. Yeah it it comes off as more dynamic than this kind of stilted. It, it's hard with like voice acting, especially yeah. when you can't play off another person the dialogue might not match. But in this, it just flows so nicely with real people. Mm-hmm. All right, our next set of questions come from Edgelord Jake. Would this game make a good television series slash movie in the vein of Law & Order, where each episode is a story? Or do you think this is the best way to experience this? Oh, make it a TV series, and I will tell everyone about it. I would buy it <laughs> a thousand times over. Make it a TV series, you cowards. Nah, this 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 deserves to be played in game form. You should you should play it in game form. Fucking go play Night Trap. <laughs> what? <laughs> have you even played Night Trap? Uh, actually, yes, I have experienced oh. Night Trap. Oh, okay. Well, good for you. Was it's this nothing? It's nothing like <laughs> no. Centennial Case. Was the game too long or too short? Uh, I mean, I would say there are aspects of the game that make it feel longer than it needs to be. Mainly the aspects of slotting in puzzle pieces. <laughs> this is a good 12-hour brisk game. I love it. Perfect perfect length. Would you play a sequel? Yes, because I bet the sequel will be better. 
I would. I I really hope they do a sequel. I hope this I want isn't more a Shijima stories. <laughs> I want just more. I would. I would love like let's do like a Knives Out thing where we just follow um, Haruka. Like she gets famous from writing the novel about the Centennial case, and then we have <laughs> yeah. another like we have another story for her to do, and we just follow her and her mysteries. That'd be cool. That'd be really cool. All right. So that does it for questions. But I got I got one more thing for you specifically, Dale. I'm ready, Faden. Lay it on me. And uh, it's detective-related. Okay. It's called The Detective Quiz. Oh, boy. Would you make a good detective? Do you have the brains to handle situations that require logic and reasoning in order to help people solve the toughest crimes in order to obtain justice? No. Take this simple quiz and discover the great sleuth that is lurking in you. Let's hope the path of logic lines up so when love dies, only truth remains. <laughs> a woman's husband was murdered on Sunday, and she found him lying in bed with no signs of visible trauma done to the body or forced entry into the home. There are five other people in the house, so you decide to question them. Oh, no, this one's stupid. This is what written poorly. Yeah, no, I, let's go to the backup one. Okay. Death Note quiz. Are you Kira or L? <laughs> <laughs> what well, got you on a death note mood today Faden would you uh, like to tell everyone you know sometimes you think about the world's greatest detective L <laughs> what are your thoughts about love it's the greatest thing in the world it's a good way to make people do what you want love is a chemical reaction love sucks um, I think love is the greatest thing in the world you would which of these statements about your body is true I'm in pretty good shape. I have a really bad posture. My body is that of an athlete. My body is totally out of shape. Uh, I guess I do have pretty bad posture at times, especially when at the computer desk. (laughs) Would you cheat on an important test if you couldn't find the right answers? That would never happen. I'm always well prepared. I would probably cheat. Yes, I'd love to, but I'm too scared to cheat. I'd never cheat. Uh... I'd probably cheat. What are you rather? A good winner, a bad winner, a good loser, a bad loser. Um. <laughs> yes. Which one? Number B. A bad winner? A bad loser. A good winner. <laughs> I'm a good winner. Okay, a good winner. Do you think using the death note is a bad thing? It's <laughs> killing, so yes. No, not at all. It depends on what you're doing with it. I'll go with the moral ambiguity of it depends on what you're doing with it. I mean, that just seems like the logical choice. Which yeah. of these statements about you is true? I love the city. I hate the city. I love the city. <laughs> I'm always saying this. I love the city. <laughs> what are you rather? Morning person. Night owl. Neither. What are you rather? What are you uh, rather? Night, night owl. <laughs> Neither. I never awake. <laughs> Just constantly sleeping. <laughs> what are you rather? Okay, this is a repeat, basically. A winner. A loser. Something in between. I'm a winner, baby. Hot chocolate said it best. Everyone's a winner. <laughs> I'm a something in between. I'm a winner. <laughs> Would you use a death note if you found one? Yes, to free the world of evildoers. Yes, to get rid of the people I hate. No, never. Probably not. 
Uh, let's get rid of the evildoers. Yeah, right? What? <laughs> Do you condone the death penalty? Yes, no, I don't know. Uh, no. Unless you have the death note, huh? Makes you think. Unless I have the death note, huh? Hmm. How intelligent do you think you are? No one Ten. is smarter than me. I'm a genius. <laughs> I'm very intelligent. I'm averagely intelligent. I'm kind of dumb. I'm very intelligent. Hmm. But you couldn't figure out the pathologic. Nope. What would you do to get what you want? I'd sell my own grandmother. A lot, but not anything. Well, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, I guess. I don't even know what I want. Uh, I'd, I'd sell grandma. You'd sell grandma? <laughs> Do you have a sweet tooth? Yes, no, a little bit. Definitely. How vain are you about your looks? I'm totally vain. I'm averagely vain. I'm not vain at all. Average vain. <laughs> Average vain. All right, your result. You're L. Is that bad well we'll have to find out when we eventually do our death note podcast yes that's true i know that there's l and that there's light those are two different people believe it or not (laughs) i don't believe it (laughs) i couldn't either (laughs) dale do you have anything you want to promote not really i got a new lawnmower today that was pretty cool oh fuck how's the lawnmower (laughs) Uh, it's actually a, a string trimmer, but no, it's nice. Okay, and, so that's uh, not a lawnmower. It's not a lawnmower. The okay. other thing I got was a hedge trimmer. Do you have any um, more lies you want to promote? Yeah. Uh, you know that um, every day I'm living in fear that... Uh, <laughs> I okay. don't know. No, go on. I'm not actually living in fear. That was the lie. Oh, okay. Um, everyone should read my uh, Marvel thing I wrote. That's about Marvel comics that I think are really good. I'll post it in show notes. It nice. Two thumb up. Two thumb up. What are we playing next month? Telling lies. Part two. Immortality. <laughs> Woo. We're just playing immortality. We're just playing immortality. Yeah. Which is uh, the next game by the Telling Lies guy. Yeah. Also, we'll have a special guest joining us. Woo. One of our favorites. I mean, one of our only regular ones, right? <laughs> true, true. Good um, person and all-around charisma charisma star, Edge Lord Jake. Charisma star? Yeah, come on, man. It's just a weird way to describe anyone. What? You never heard words before? <laughs> Shit, you're right. I haven't. Uh, everyone should rate and review this with your words. I still don't have a funny review on iTunes, which, that's okay. I understand. It's, you know. Nobody uses iTunes anymore, I feel like. That's probably the case. Yeah, and Spotify doesn't let you review podcasts, which is weird. I don't know if Google Play does or not, but maybe we could look into that. It doesn't. Only iTunes does. I don't get it. Oh. (laughs) So go there, rate or review us, or just spread the word. And, um... Post in our Discord. Yeah, post in our Discord. You can also join there. Also, you need to remember this fundamental thing. The thing we always end out on. May your heart be your guiding key. Just like Kingdom Hearts. Yep. That's that's what we end on, yeah? I like that. May your heart be your guiding key. Play us out, Dale. <laughs> Yourself? Oh, yeah, me. 